I'm Tommy Thompson, and you're listening to Space for Life, a podcast with honest conversations designed to help cultivate the space we need for a more fulfilling and abundant life. Despite our culture being wired for excess and overload, our souls desperately need the opposite. Thanks for joining us today as we seek to take one more step into a spacious life. Hey everyone, this is Patricia Clark and I'm here with Tommy Thompson and it is it's really good to be back. It's been it's been a couple of weeks. I feel like we haven't hung out or chatted in a while, so it's good to be back. It's really it is fun to be back. I think we've had a few really phenomenal guests the last few weeks, but it's created a little gap since you and I have done this together and I've missed it too. Yeah, and I've loved your guests, so that's been really fun, but we've both had a lot going on. It's good to be back together. Today, we're going to talk about a topic called, um, we're going to entitle it for right now, A New Angle on Gluttony. And I'm curious to talk about this word. It's not really a word you hear very much. And as soon as you said, we're going to talk about gluttony, I thought of Jabba the Hutt, like the in <laughs> Star Wars. That's just like who I picture in terms of a personification of gluttony. But before we even start, I just want to say that we are not going to talk about gluttony in the typical way. Uh, we're going to expand how we talk about it. And I also just want to take this off the table. If you're questioning, like, am I a gluttonous person or am I not? I think in reality, all of us have areas where we are excessive or over go overboard. And we're going to, we're going to explore that, but you know, don't come into this with your guard up thinking, Oh, am I one of these people? We can just let our guard down and, and understand that we all kind of deal with this in various areas. Yeah, that, that's true. I, I mean, when I think of the word gluttony, um, it's, it's one of those words that to me is just at its core unattractive. I mean, no, nobody goes out there and says, you know, I kind of think it's cool. I'm, I'm a, I'm a glutton. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's kind of an unattractive word. And so my hope in this is that we can frame this subject, which I feel like I've learned a lot about personally, and that's some of what I want to share about, but that we could uh, talk about it more as a way of coming to some self-awareness and understanding as opposed to shame, because I think that that uh, it has such negative connotations that the initial response of almost anybody would be, well, I don't want to be that. And yet, if he's going to tell me I'm a gluttonous person, oh, I'm ashamed of that. Well, I don't. I, I kind of want to go a different direction. That's kind of this new framing of, of the word in a way that can help us see ourselves uh, more accurately and see a pathway to health that's attractive. Yeah, and I think the problem with feeling ashamed about gluttonous behavior is that shame really reinforces behavior at the end of the day. It, we think it will lead to change, but it really doesn't. Shame reinforces behavior because it says that this is a part of who you are. This is who you are, this behavior. And so you feel bad about it and you feel in a, in unable to change. And gluttonous behavior, which I think we all deal with in certain areas, is not a part of who we are. It's 
it's a um, it's a departure from our true selves. And so I think what we need to remember is that it's not an area of shame. We're going to talk about ways we can be invited to just be more of our true selves rather than um, kind of taking this path that, that's lesser than ourselves. Yeah. Gluttony is behavioral. It's behaviors. It's not identity. Right. So right. absolutely. Great. Okay. Well, so what are you going to tell us about gluttony? What have you been thinking? Well, first I want to uh, uh, expose myself a little bit in terms of uh, kind of where where some of these thoughts came from because this is a little bit of uh, my learning uh, on this subject and it pertains to a lot of the things that we talk about on this uh, podcast. So, uh, gosh, I guess it was almost a year ago we did a series on goals, simple goals, and one of those, one of the thoughts in that is to, is to break goals down into just one or two, maybe three maximum goals that you have for an entire year that you have a very, very high level level of commitment mm-hmm. to. And so I spend a lot of time, I've been working already as, as, as crazy as it sounds for months thinking about my goals for this year, which we'll probably talk about in a future episode. But I, I, I did that same thing last year. And so one of my goals last year was uh, I framed it as to clean the temple and keep it clean. And by that image, what I meant is that in my mind, the verse, uh, I believe it's in Corinthians, it says our, our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, if I take that seriously, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, well, my temple wasn't very clean. It mm-hmm. was very, very cluttered and actually slightly too large. <laughs> and so I thought I wanted to clean the temple and then actually adopt a plan that I could keep it clean going forward. So I thought that's a positive way. Uh, yeah, a lot of vanity comes into play, but I, I wanted to deal with that. I also recognize that probably for a period of, uh, let's say roughly eight or so years prior to this year, that, that I carried what was clearly in my mind between 15 and 25 pounds, maybe 30, too much weight. Mm-hmm. And I had had numerous, numerous false starts of trying to get the weight off and not getting there. And that was why I framed this as it has to be one of these top three. I have to be so utterly, completely committed to it that I will not fail. I will Mm -hmm. declare that to myself. So I set that as the goal. So anyway, we'll get around to this gluttony thing. Mm -hmm. So once I framed that as the goal, I had to figure out, okay, so how am I going to get there? Mm -hmm. And so it was interesting. I I began to think through all of my eating patterns and drinking patterns um, to think about how am I going to actually this year truly make an impact. And I realized that particularly two habits had developed within me that I exercised pretty much every night. One was I almost always went back for seconds. I love to eat. And so 
we'd have a, a great meal and there, there would always be some left. Well, I would think, well, I don't want to waste that and it still tastes good to me, so I would go back for seconds. And the other habit was we'd, we'd gotten into a, just a kind of a bad habit of having some, quote, little dessert every night. And it was usually relatively little. But I realized that if I counted the calories of that second portion and the calories of, of that um, dessert, and I committed to doing without that, that it would make a difference. So my entire goal was framed on uh, really doing a little bit better on the drinking end, uh, cutting out second portions, and cutting out desserts. And so I framed it out, I'm going to cut out desserts except for very, very special occasions like birthdays or anniversaries or something. What I didn't really anticipate was the difference it would make. Huh. So this year, by doing this, uh, I've lost 25 pounds, maybe a, a little bit more. And I've gotten to the place that I don't even think about it. I don't even think about the, uh, the second portions, and I don't generally even think about the desserts. And so what now I realize, only in retrospect, is that I had developed a habit, basically a gluttonous habit, hmm. of just eating as much as I wanted to and continuing to eat with almost no constraints. And that that had become just part of the way I operated. I thought, that's ridiculous. It was ridiculous for me to, to eat and to live that way. That then began to translate into thinking about all of the areas of life that I establish habits of too much. And that's the way I think of gluttony is gluttony is, and we can unpack this word a little bit, but gluttony is the sin of too much hmm. in our lives. You know, I I like that analogy because I think the weight thing obviously is an area that, you know, everyone in America would love to know how to lose 25 pounds. And you, if you could, if you could commoditize that, you would be really rich. What you just, if you could get everyone to do that. But the, the weight thing is a physical representation. It's almost an, a visual of us having too much in other areas and it does weigh us down, whether it's too much stuff or no too pun much. Intended. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> pun absolutely yeah. intended, whether it's too much stuff or too much, you know, uh, busyness or too much worry or whatever, it weighs us down. And, you know, I remember when I was pregnant, when you put on 25, 30 pounds, when you're pregnant over the course of nine months, you are slower, you, you're tired, because it, it happens so quickly. Whereas most people, they, we gain weight over time. We don't even realize it. We don't even realize how tired it's making us, how it's weighing us down. And so even if it's not weight, even if it's whatever excess we are piling on in our life, it is draining and weighing us down. And we don't even know how good we'd feel if we didn't have it, because we've forgotten what that would be like. Right. And, and, I really don't want kind of the podcast to be about weight or dieting. Uh, I know that the answer 
the simplistic answer that I arrived at, it just happened to work for me. And I know other people struggle in, in very different ways and have struggled for a long time. So it's a much more complex, difficult issue for so many people than I've made it sound with this. So uh, please know that I understand it. I really just use it exactly, as you said, as an example of something that has implications in other areas of our life. And that for me, you know, it, it might have been if I did this exact same plan, plan I might have lost five pounds. But it was, it was how life-giving it was for me when I got to a place that I right-sized food mm-hmm. in my life, that that was good. Um, it isn't about the weight. Um, it's about handling food and the food having the right place in my life. And all I can say is that it's a little healthier. And I hope that, honestly, that this will continue for me going from here forward. That's part of the goal. It's keep it clean. So there's no reason. There's no reason for it to ever be different. And that's that's what I like about how this is framed for, for me. But my most significant interest is how this plays into other areas of life. So, um, so did you find, like, say for me, I if I have excess amount of busyness in my life, did you find when you started to cut back on your weight, it made you deal with sort of some other issues in your life, or? Or was it just the weight? Like, like for me to cut back on busyness would would not be a simple thing. Like, I, I actually have been pretty doing well with that this last year. But it started with me recognizing that there's a problem, and then really asking God in prayer to help me with it and to give me kind of these simple solutions. I, I mean, that's one of the things that stands out to me about your what happened with you right. is that you were able to think about it, identify some key areas that were practical that you could change. And ultimately it was a very simple thing, memorable, portable, simple thing that you had to do. Now it might not have been easy to do in the first couple of months, but it was some simple choices. And, and as I'm listening to you, I think that has had to be the case for me too, is finding some simple ways to attack what's become like a large area of excess. Well, and the large area of excess, you know, one of the things I think about, you know, uh, we use this word or the Bible will use a word like sin to describe gluttony. So what what are we really saying when we say something's a sin? And I know there's probably a, a larger theological context for it. But one way I think about this is, is sin is when we take something that God means to be a blessing and turn it into a curse. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the pathway for me uh, related to food that I that then translate into other areas. So I had come to a place that I had developed the habits of turning what God meant to be a blessing, really good food, into a curse, mm. into something that literally weighed me down depleted my energy, reduced the enjoyment of it. 
and it took what was a blessing and made it into a curse. And so that this change was, was about rediscovering the blessing. Hmm. And it was about rediscovering the blessing of food in its right place. It was about rediscovering energy. It was about rediscovering some strength and some ability to change. So it was this transition from blessing to curse back to blessing. Hmm. And that's what I think happens when anybody deals with something that they've developed some gluttonous habits, whether it's busyness, whether it's shopping, whether it's exercise, whether it's smartphones and social media, whether it's our calendars, that we, we've taken these things, these great blessings that can be blessings in our life, and we've turned them out of the excess into something that has suddenly become a curse in our life. And it's about turning that back so that we can rediscover the blessing of it. Well, and and I'm betting that you have enjoyed desserts a lot better in your special occasions than you did when you were having them all the time, right? Like, was there this incredible blessing of enjoyment of food, knowing that you're not going to have it in a gluttonous amount? Yeah, you know, interestingly enough, and this has surprised me, that ha- hasn't been the case. Really? Yeah, I, I've... I've actually moved to the place that I don't have that strong a taste for the desserts. So I've had, I've had desserts. We're we're now you know recording this um, middle latter part of October. So I've had I think desserts on six different occasions this year, um, and on I have enjoyed them, but it's just been kind of a basic level of enjoyment. Whereas mm. I think there was a craving. Mm for it before. Like my life and my eating was not complete if I didn't finish it off with a dessert. And on the special occasions, then it was with a mountainous amount of that. Mm. So I I, had, again, it was turning the blessing into a curse. And now it's all kind of right-sized. I can enjoy a celebration and it's great, but it's not the end of the world if I I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things, ironically, that marks gluttonous behavior for me and for whatever area listeners may be dealing with is that you, whatever you're acquiring too much or indulging in too much isn't enjoyable in a strange way. I mean, it's a craving, but it's not enjoyable because there's no limits on it. And there is something, some principle about the, the, when you put something in its proper place and when it has proper limits around it, we are able to enjoy it for what it is. And when it runs amok in our life, as you said, it ends up becoming a curse. And that's just a, a lot of what gluttony is, is just reining things in and putting them in its proper place, which is what's so great about what you did is just these simple parameters to rein things in. Well, and I don't want to kind of get too heavy with this, but in a sense, if we're really honest with ourselves, the craving is nothing more than a bondage. Mm. You know, it's a bondage to whatever it is. And I do know 
Um, I know in my own life that busyness, for instance, becomes such a habit and such a drive and such a craving that I lose my own sense of freedom and joy. Mm-hmm. I feel compelled. You just you, you think about that word. I feel driven. I'm not in control. Driven. I'm, that's passive. Mm-hmm. I'm not in control anymore. And that's what happens when we get to a gluttonous place in any area of our lives. And I know so many people who are uh, caught up, in a sense, in bondage to some area. Mm-hmm. It might be to their smartphones and social media. They can't live without it. It might be to shopping. It might be to activities and stimulation and busyness. All of these things move from blessing to curse. And that curse is a form of bondage that Mm -hmm. we have until we can break those chains. And then when we break those chains, it goes back to blessing and and back to freedom. Mm -hmm. And that's, wow, that's an amazing place to get to in our broken bondage areas of life. You know, there's this pattern in the Bible where uh, it repeatedly will say a, a people or an individual was engaging in some kind of sin or something, and God would give them over to to the sin. And I used to think of it like, oh, that's so judgmental. But what would happen sometimes is that once, when, when you are given over to some kind of behavior that's maladaptive, that's harming you, that's in excess, and you carry it out to its farthest you know, it's farthest place. You actually wake up to the harm that it is causing you. And sometimes we're able to scale it back like you did. But sometimes it's almost like we we take it too far and then we find the motivation to scale it back. That happened to a lot of people over the pandemic. I mean, I've talked to so many people who have scaled back. They were workaholics and they've scaled back. They, you know, struggled with overeating and they've handled that. And I think during the pandemic, it was almost like we were given over to our vices and and we got to see how bad they could get. And then we found the motivation to bring it back. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the consequence of the things I'm doing this year are after about seven, eight years, probably most of 15 years of giving myself over to it. Yeah. And and it became a bondage and it was not you know not the worst thing in life but it was it was just not a good healthy thing. And I mean in one sense I could I could almost retitle this episode rediscovering joy. Mm. Because I think that's this word sin that we think of as bad as evil like shame on you. I think it's God's desire to return us to blessing. Mm. That he's going, oh, would you stop cursing yourself? Would you stop doing this to yourself? I have such a better way for you. And it's God's desire to return us to joy. That's the sin thing is, is all about, which is so different than just beating yourself up over things. Yeah, we do. We we have a lot of association with that word sin. And, 
you know, I almost have a visceral guarded reaction when I hear about it, but the way you've framed it is, is really different. It's just having the eyes to see something that's gotten out of control in your life that's harming you. And it's, it's an invitation to bring it back to joy. Yes, absolutely. So one of the things I think would be remiss is if we didn't talk a little bit about some of the areas that we in our culture, almost all of us, are um, caught up in that can so easily become gluttonous that are worth our attention for each one of us to ask, uh, has this edged over a proper boundary? Has this edged over a place to where it's no longer a blessing in my life, but it's become a bondage in my life? Mm -hmm. And again, I, I say all of this without any judgment because our culture is pounding on us towards excess. And it's so easy to fall into it. And virtually everything that I mentioned is areas that that I've fallen victim to also where I've turned God's blessing into curses. But I'd like to kind of just unpack that a little bit so that uh, we might all reflect mm -hmm. on some areas that are difficult for us. All right, so what are some of the things that you've noticed? So one that, that I know that I, I struggle with um, is um, calendar gluttony. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm not sure I understand what that means. <laughs> calendar gluttony, is it, it kind of goes along with busyness. It's, it's this thing of trying to fill every moment with something scheduled with worshiping the calendar, so to speak, and filling the calendar and cramming an, an enormous amount into the calendar. So I think some, I, I kind of find this humorous because I've, I've talked about this, about the value of blocking time. Yeah. It's because we can't bear to see a blank in our calendar. <laughs> so we have to put something in there and say, I'm going to exercise. Why can't we just have it blank and say, well, there's a blank time. I'm going to exercise because we feel so much more powerful and productive if we have that calendar scheduled. So, so many people are, are gluttonous about calendar busyness, productivity, checking things off the list, they all kind of go hand in hand to where we feel like we're less if we're not doing those things. And that's where it gets to be where productivity can become a bondage. Hmm. All right. So calendar gluttony. I like that phrase. What else do you have? Uh, well, and I won't talk a lot about this because I don't think it needs to be talked about a lot. You know, a thousand other people have, and that's smartphone gluttony mm. that, uh, or device gluttony, if we want to say it that way, that we, uh, we actually have such a hard time not engaging with some device at virtually every moment. And I don't want to even frame it as social media gluttony because that's, a, that's almost a subset for some people, it's 
it's YouTube. For some people, it's TikTok. For some people, it's news. It, it's just, for so many people, it's just something that we have uh, a problem. And I think it's not hard for most people to see that there is a bondage that goes along with it. And I think it's it's part of our gluttony that we have such a difficult time right-sizing that device in our lives. Well, and speaking of during the pandemic, all of us having areas where we've been given over to excess and then we rein it in, I have anecdotally heard about a number of people who are young adults in their early 20s who are giving up all social media because they've had so much of it and it's been it's not in the end of the day the kind of relationships we need it can get us all whacked out with our dopamine and it makes regular pleasures less enjoyable and they've just altogether given it up and i it gives me a lot of hope for those of us who are older even that one that somebody's going to lead the charge for us in this yeah well that's great cuz uh, i mean i I still struggle with it. Right, uh, me it's too. Absolutely, I'm yeah. inspired by these stories. So, yeah. All right. So, what else do you have? So, so we have calendar, uh, social, uh, you know, smartphones. Yeah, one that um, I, I'm going to frame this in a couple of different ways. Um, some people have uh, money gluttony, and the money gluttony also translates often to. Uh, a shopping gluttony. Mm. And interestingly enough, uh, and the book of Proverbs frames it this way, overly frugal is a form of gluttony. Hmm. It's because we're so obsessed with money that we have to be so frugal with it. So it's so funny. There are a couple of little reverse Mm -hmm. gluttonies out there and frugality, being overly frugal is as much of a bondage as spending a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So both kind of play that same way where money has become an obsession, something that is the way we frame everything we do. How much does it cost? Either because we're going to spend it or because we're going to save it. But we're going to be consumed by everything and value everything based on that. Mm-hmm. And so many people have a really difficult struggle that when they're stressed, they'll go to Amazon, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. And again, I want to frame that gluttony as something that we might look at and say, oh, wow, I can be freed from this. Mm. You know, not, oh, I should feel so bad about myself with this. I have the possibility of recapturing this blessing mm. and of being free from something that's holding me down that I, I, I wasn't even aware of. So that's that's a kind of a, a some categories. Um, I'll have a fun one because I know this this is one that that uh, I have tended to be gluttonous about sports. I, I've sat down on many a Sunday and watched NFL football for seven hours straight. <laughs> I love it, whether it's because of fantasy football or whatever. It's kind of theoretically relaxing to me, and I'll just pile it on. And if they happen to, you know, if they played a game at midnight, I would watch that one too. 
You know, so it's it's so funny just to realize how just I, I can't I can't stop. It becomes that. So. I'm not sure I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that against you. That sounds pretty fun to me. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what else do you have? Um, you know, th- those are kind of some categories. I think I'll, th- I'll throw two other kind of unexpected, perhaps, categories. One is for a small subset of people, exercise we can be gluttonous about to where they become so consumed by all of the elements of being in the best shape possible that it's, it's got it out of proportion. Interestingly, another reverse gluttony is rest, mm. uh, where we can, I mean, if you think about, there's tons of verses in, uh, in the book of Proverbs about being a sluggard, about someone who just is kind of lazy. And that laziness may show with, you know, just sleeping in an inordinate amount. It might show itself in, you know, just wasting hours on social media or video games or, you know, any number of things. But it's almost a reverse sense of gluttony of, well, I'm actually resting so much that, you know, I'm only doing the other stuff to get to the point where I can just rest and not do anything. Mm-hmm. So it's it's strange kind of reverse gluttony. Yeah, it's almost like avoiding life rather yeah. than showing up for your life. You know, another reverse gluttony I can see is, uh, we think of gluttony as overeating, but I see this a lot, and I dealt with this a lot when I when I was younger, when I had kids with some health issues, is you get super controlling about healthy eating. And you can get you know, almost it, you focus on it, you think about it too much, it steals all the joy of eating out of it. And I think young moms deal with this who've got kids with some issues sometimes because sometimes you have to regulate the food. Sometimes you have to do that, but it it becomes all that you think about. Well, exactly. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I really hadn't thought about that framing of it, but it's almost like what we were talking about with money and frugality, that we can go the other extreme and either struggle with some form of a eating disorder, which is in a sense kind of uh, a reverse gluttony, mm-hmm. or even healthy eating can become obsessive. So I, I guess my, my hope in this is that my learning this year is that there was an area of my life that didn't just blare out as being something that was out of whack, that I realized by addressing it was truly out of whack and was was uh, robbing the joy and freedom in my life. And so my hope is that those who listen to this will reflect on their lives and think about is there an area that I've allowed to get out of balance mm. to an extreme, whether it's that kind of reverse gluttony or just flat out this, that I'm being robbed of the joy and that I'm being robbed of the blessing in this area that's worthy of significant concentrated attention? 
and dealing with it. Because I believe part of the abundant life is for us to have these things in their right place, you know, which is then affords the possibility that God could be in his right place in our lives. Well, that's great. And I think in a, maybe in the remaining of the year, we'll talk about goals and framing them. And that can help some of us because it sounds like you thought about this for a while. And I mean, you came, it, there came a time where you actually made the change, but you did some work thinking about it and coming up with this, uh, your approach. So maybe we can talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that or go back and listening to old episodes this time of year. I feel like we were talking about this. That's true. And and believe me, the thinking about it for all that time was was uh, compounded by many, many failures. Right. So that's part of it is, you know, I realized I was kept on falling on my face time and time again as I tried these little piecemeal efforts to to, to deal with the problem. So, you know, this is part of the growth process. As you think about it, you try, you fail, you go, well, this is a bigger problem than I thought. And then finally you get to that place and you, you do something about it. Well, I, I think it's great how you said it that way, that you failed. You know that when you go, do when you, I, I hear this about rehab, They've, they're now training people that relapse is a part of recovery. So on average, it takes people like a certain number of relapses in order for it to stick. So you don't look at your failures or your relapses back into the bad behavior as as a step backward. You look at it as a part of the process because each time you learn what worked and what didn't work so that when it finally sticks, those relapses were a part of that success. Yeah, that's it's it's true. It's just it's just the way life works. You know, I yeah. wish, wish we could push a button, but it doesn't always work that way. So I hope that this is a fresh, uh, fresh angle, not just on um, gluttony, but on achieving life-giving, blessing-inducing, joy-rediscovering balance in our lives. Well, that's great. All right. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that you found it helpful and encouraging in your journey. Before you leave, I wanted to let you know of two things. First, if you are looking for more helpful content like this, visit TommyThompson.org. There you will find resources created to help you find space in your life. Second, if you are enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you would take a minute to leave a review. This helps other people find the show as well. 